Is it Friday? Well, it is Friday. Well, well. It is Friday. How the turntables. Sorry, I just jumped on your open, man. Oh, I had it's no all idea. good. I had no idea. That was bad execution. Man. Well, yesterday, uh, I, I thought that Oklahoma didn't have much of a chance against uh, Baylor. And guess what? They went out. They won the game 72-67 over Baylor last night. Unbelievable performance by Oklahoma. I mean, that's all you can say, particularly in the second half. Because, Parker, when they went down by six – after really controlling a lot of the first half, and they're down six at halftime, I thought, man, all right, too good to be true. Things then, were not looking great no, for a second and there. Man, I, you got to give those guys a lot of credit, man. Five guys in double figures, 15 for Jacob Groves. You had 14 for Mo Gibson. Marvin Johnson did his thing again with 12 points. Uh, a 10 each for jo- uh, Jordan Goldwire and uh, Jalen Hill last night. Only five points from Tanner Groves, and you would have thought, well, maybe Oklahoma's going to be in big trouble against Baylor. But the Sooners knocked down 11 threes out of 21. Baylor shot 14% from three-point range, three of 22, and the Sooners win the game. 72-67. They should be in. They should be in. They are in. But Mike. you feel like they are in. some people out there, Joe Lenardi, again, do not have the Sooners in. And you look at how their resume stacks up. I know 18 and 14, you don't look at that and go, man, that's an NCAA tournament team. But if you look deeper into what they've done, uh, all those quad one, quad two victories, five wins against top 15 teams, and to beat the number three team in the country and to be playing your best basketball down the stretch, Oklahoma. I feel like Oklahoma should be in. But I don't know. What do you think percentage-wise now for the Sooners going into Sunday? I'm very confident they're going to make the tournament after that win last night, Mike. To me, if you go and beat Texas Tech today, you solidify your status. To me, there is no debate if you go and win that game. I think there's some debate if you lose this game, but I also like I am very confident that resume-wise, Oklahoma is going to be on the safe side of the bubble come Sunday, even with a loss today. You look at the teams that are also on the bubble, and Oklahoma's resume is as good or better than all of them. Precisely, no doubt. And uh, again, I feel like they should be in, but I, I'm going to go 60% now, maybe. Uh, a lot of people still saying, well, they need one more. No, if you beat Tech tonight, you're in. If you beat to Tech and you're not in, there's a big problem. But I feel like Oklahoma should be in. So Oklahoma and Texas Tech, 830 tonight on ESPN2. Oklahoma, uh, 72-67 last night. That was amazing. That was an amazing second-half display, particularly when you fall behind. And like I said, when you look like, man, Oklahoma starts the game on a seven-zip run, right? and then they control much of the first half, you feel like you're outplaying Baylor, and then all of a sudden you're down six at halftime, you would think most teams would be deflated. Look, this is the number three team in America. They've beaten us twice. Uh, We played pretty solid basketball. We did have turnover issues. Again, it created a problem. But uh, a lot of teams would not have been able to come back after that situation. And the Sooners came back, and they played a tremendous second half and got the job done. All right, you want to play uh, what you wanted to play that I – so rudely interrupted. No, it's okay. Oh, I yeah. think I think the message got across. The message is you were right, and as Fonzie tried to say in Happy Days, if you're as old as I am, I was r- 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 wrong. You felt good. I didn't feel good. You were right. I was wrong.
Not the first time that's happened. It won't be the last time that's happened. So, you think they win tonight, Mike? I mean, are you talking about back-to-back wins over Baylor and Tech? I'm talking about back-to-back wins over Baylor and Tech. Yes. Can I say no and not get in trouble on the sure, text line? Sure, you can line say no because I'm. Somebody, I'm. I, I will actually say no to it, because what inevitably happens is somebody way to go, Steely. You suck, or whatever, you know, that, that'll that start bombarding the text line if I say that. But, man, that's a lot to ask. No, and I'm with you. Uh, I, I don't favor them to win this game tonight. If they do win this game tonight, give Porter Moser a lifetime extension. That, that was a great goodness. display, man. They really executed. And anytime they – how about, you know, Mo Gibson didn't shoot it great, even though Oklahoma shot it very well. Uh, Mo didn't have a great night from uh, three-point range. Uh, he was one of five. But how about, you know, the great movie made in the lane, The Floater? That was huge down the stretch. Jacob Groves was tremendous. Marvin Johnson made two or three from three-point range, including a huge one they really needed when Baylor was trying to uh, get the momentum and get the lead. It was just a great performance by Oklahoma in the second half, no doubt. Let's hear from Porter Moser. You want to? Uh, let's do it. Because he believes that his Sooners should be in right now. Look at our strength of schedule. Look at our net. Look at every every rating on that. How many teams have three or four wins in the top four line? We just knocked off one of the top teams in the country on the, on the one line. Could have very well been in there. So um, I know our case for our team. Um, I, we're in the hardest conference in the country. Um, we have the hardest schedule in the country. We schedule up. Our, our, our ratings, our Ken Palm, our net, everything is elite. It's and so, but I, so I'll I'll be ready to talk on that. We're focused on winning this tournament. We're focusing on that, and that's what our that's what our mind and our focus is on. Man, you could tell that Porter Moser was a very happy man after the game, the on-court interview after they took down Baylor last night. And uh, Tech took care of business, uh, you know, eliminated Iowa State very easily. And now you get the Sooners and Texas Tech tonight, 8.30 on ESPN2. Yeah, if they get this done tonight, they, they're in. They, they have got to 100% be in. And I believe, I think they should be in right now. Now, Again, there are a lot of people who are saying, well, one more win. No doubt you feel great if they win tonight. Yeah, well, but guess I what? still feel pretty good. Yeah, one more win, and you are rocks. Like, your resume is rock solid at that point. You're in the tournament. Hey, also, two more wins, and you get an auto bid. Like, at that yeah. point, <laughs> yeah. the bait doesn't even matter. Yeah, and uh, can't say enough about the effort last night because you talk about what has Porter Moser talked about? We've got to have more than just one or two guys making contributions. And when you have five guys in double figures, all the role guys, Jacob Groves was great. Marvin Johnson, again, was really good. Jalen Hill, who was great early in the year, was really good last night. Uh, they just did a tremendous job. You know they what really else did. is Ethan pretty- Ethan Shagwa was great. His, his pass-making ability, the ability to find the open man, he only made one shot, but he had a huge impact on the game. I'm not sure if we talk if we have talked enough or will talk enough about the impact that Ethan Shagwa had on the game last night because Tanner Groves only played 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mike, he was in foul trouble for most mo- much of that game. Yeah, the yeah. Sooners needed minutes from Ethan Shagwa. They needed good minutes out of Ethan Shagwa, and they got it. They only put eight players on the floor last night, Mike. Bijan Cortez yep. didn't play. Alston Mason didn't play. A Cole Maywin didn't play. Obviously, Elijah Harkless is sidelined. Beyond the five starters, you had Shagwa, C.J. Nolan, and Marvin Johnson coming off the bench. Yep. That's it. 
and they made it work. And those guys made their shots count, too. You look at Marvin Johnson, two of three from three. Shagwa took one three, made it. C.J. Nolan took one three, made it. Sooners, again, 11 of 21 from three-point range, win the game by five last night. And Jacob Groves was phenomenal for Oklahoma, leading the way with 15 points. Let's hear from Jacob after the win last night, saying he was glad to do his part. I think that uh, that it's just kind of uh, you know an accumulation of just a lot of things. You know, building up to the end of the season. I mean, like Coach said, you know, a guy like EJ goes out and, and someone's got to step up and kind of fill that role. And, and I was the one that, that the coaches chose first to kind of step into that starting spot. And then I've just done my best to accept it. You know, do whatever the team needs me to do to win games. And, and tonight, you know, I came out and and was hot, shot the ball pretty well, which is which is good to see. You know, my confidence is definitely um, pretty high. So, uh, you know, it's great. We're playing great basketball at the right time of the year, and so we're we're really excited. Got two more to win. There you go. Yeah, they're, they're talking about trying to go win the tournament now and uh, can't say enough about what they did last night. Best win of the year. You look at maybe the best win of the year before. You can put Arkansas certainly in the mix, that game at the BOK Center. Uh, you know, their, their tech victory in Norman was really good. They've had some good ones, but that one takes the cake. That one's, that one's number one. That's so, your, that's your calling card heading yeah. into the tournament. Yeah, that absolutely. is, that is the win that you hang your hat on. All right. Uh, so Oklahoma and tech tonight at eight 30 that will follow the Kansas TCU other big 12 semifinal, both games on ESPN two tonight. And, uh, you have the OU women playing right now in Kansas city and the uh, women's event, OU, a loser to Kansas at home last weekend, leading the Jayhawks 52-41. Maddie Williams leading the way for Oklahoma with 10.7 rebounds and six assists so far in this matchup. They're in the third quarter with four minutes left. Sooner women with an 11-point lead in that game. All right, thank you to our friend Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Great company, great Sooner. Whether you're looking to repair, replace, or maintain your air conditioning system, Give Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call. They're family-owned and operated. They've serviced the greater OKC area since 2007. That phone number, 405-579-3113. 405-579-3113. Okay, uh, coming up, Joe Bettner at 1235. We have Brandon Drum at 135. we got a lot to talk about. Sooner softball in Hawaii. They run-ruled uh, run somebody else last night. Baylor, it was the uh, Baylor double last night with the OU men winning in Kansas City, the Sooner women winning in Hawaii. OU and Cal tonight, 7.30 in Hawaii, and then the matchup against Hawaii at 10 o'clock tonight. That will be the game where Jocelyn Allo hits number 96. We'll talk about that more when we get back. Okay, we are back here on a Friday. Good to have you with us, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon. Here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Good to have you along. All right, busy weekend. Oklahoma, Texas Tech tonight at 8.30. You've got OU softball taking on Cal tonight at 7.30. Then uh, Hawaii at 10 o'clock. Uh, Hawaii's four hours, so that'll, that would be, what, uh, 3.30 out there. And then uh, 6 o'clock Hawaiian time. Uh, and then they play Hawaii in a single game uh, at 4 o'clock Oklahoma time tomorrow. And uh, are, we, are you projecting also the Jocelyn Allo record breaker will come against Hawaii? Yes, that is only right. It is the natural order of the universe. It, it just feels like it's meant to be. Now, look, 
if they had pitched to her, these these other teams that Oklahoma's been facing, including Baylor did pitch to her yesterday, though. Baylor did pitch to Jocelyn Allo, and she hit the ball hard, just didn't hit it out of the park. Uh, 12-3 Oklahoma over Baylor, and they have run-ruled 13 of their 17 opponents. I mean, they're, they're just a machine. They are a machine. Sooner baseball team, again, uh, they move the UTSA opener to Saturday tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and then a doubleheader on Sunday beginning at noon, and then uh, the second game will start around 4 o'clock. So, um... What do you think? Were you bothered by seeing Muleshoe's purchase of a $17 million mansion? Did that bother you at all? I feel like I should be asking you that question. You Steely. know, were, were you bothered? Uh, of course. Uh, okay. It's very opulent. There's no doubt. I mean, that looks like something uh, William Randolph Hearst would have owned back in the day. Uh, but, you know, and, and look, it's beautiful, man. It's got a beautiful view. It's got everything. It's got, you know, everything you want, everything. I mean, it looks like uh, that should be, you know, for uh, one of the Hollywood megastar or something or a, uh, a drug kingpin or something, you know. I don't know. But it's it's very opulent. And, you know, because somebody had said, Staley, you see that Lincoln, well, it wouldn't have been in that voice. You see that Lincoln Riley, why he moved to California? That's it. I, and I, I have been on board with that even when he left. Like I said, I get it. If you want to, you know, resurrect USC football, you're going to be a hero. It's a great place to go recruit. They've got a great tradition. You can talk about where the OU program is right now versus USC. And yes, Oklahoma is several rungs uh, higher on the ladder than Southern Cal is right now. But SC's been up near the top in the past, and their tradition is every bit as much as Oklahoma's is. Um, and, and again, I get the weather, I get, you know, a beautiful home out by the ocean, all of that stuff that that's never been the issue. The issue is again, what I thought was a very deceptive way that he went about this. Um, you know, I, that's the only thing, but good for him. It's a beautiful home. That it is. So I, I decided many, many years ago that regardless of my eventual financial status, in life, I was going to make sure that at whatever point I became a homeowner, I was going to have a putting green on my property. Ah, good so, for you. you know, good move. You, well, if you if you know me and you've, you're a regular listener on this show, you know that I worked at a golf course for three years in high school. So I learned all the ins and outs of manicuring turf grass. And did you pick up the range balls? No, I didn't pick up the range balls. That was so I was I worked in the actual maintenance department. The, I worked from the maintenance shop. Picking up the range balls, those were something that uh, the cart boys at the clubhouse did. Yeah, and now you got, you know, see back in my day a long time ago before the OU golf course became Jimmy Austin. Uh, I worked out there a couple summers shagging balls on the range. And you literally had that thing where you would walk around the range and pick it up. You know, you would, like, stamp down on the golf balls and pick them up. And then you'd get, like, 100 golf balls in there. And you'd go dump them. Then you'd go walk around the range. You had to dodge. You know, there might be a couple people out there. You had yep. to be very careful. So I did that. That's back, you know, in the days of Doug Brecht and Robert O and all the guys over there, uh, which was a cool experience. But, man, it was uh, – it took a while to get the range picked up. 
No doubt. Yeah. But anyway. But that, was a, that was a cool experience. Yeah, my point being, I just noticed the putting green is one of the features that mm-hmm. Mule Shoe's new house has. And it's actually not that difficult and not that expensive to maintain Bermuda grass once you get some sod put down. So that's always been one of my aspirations in life is get to the point where, A, I can become a homeowner, and, B, I can drop some Bermuda grass and make a putting green on that property. That'd be nice. I like that. Yeah. Uh, now I can only, <laughs> I can only fantasize and only dream about getting to the point in life where I also have things like an infinity edge pool and a movie theater. He's got everything. They have an elevator that goes to three floors. There are three stories. So yeah, he's got a little bit of everything, a lot of bit of everything. Some people, I saw some people saying, man, that just shows you the ego of the guy to go out and buy that. Well, it's an investment, number one, because when he goes to the NFL eventually. And he will uh, go to the NFL. And then he'll just sell that and make a profit. So, But that's going to be a pretty hefty house payment, there's no doubt. And the taxes in California aren't cheap. Uh, and somebody else said, man, wh- why would you buy a house like that? You've only got, you know, four in your family. You don't need that. Again, investment. And look, it's his money. It's his dime. Uh, You know, if I can afford that, I wouldn't mind living in it. I can tell you that. So, you know, I don't begrudge him any of that stuff. Like I said, my my whole problem was just the way he went about his business leaving, which I thought was very shady. And that's it. Well, and you also got to keep in mind his house is a recruiting tool, too. Oh, yeah. He is going to host recruiting events at that house. They are going to crash in the movie theater. They are going to be putting on the putting green. They're going to be swimming in the pool. They're going to be riding the elevator. Everything that comes along with that particular piece of real estate that Muleshoe has invested in, it's all going to get poured into USC football in some capacity. Oh, absolutely it will. And I think, again, it does show kind of what Muleshoe's like. Now, we think of him as this guy from Texas, from Muleshoe freaking Texas, the Muleshoe Mule, you know, but... He likes his flash. He's very much into uh, all of that style, the glamour stuff. We saw that when they had the recruits in and they're posing in front of the luxury automobiles. You can say that sounds old. That's what the kids want to see. Okay, I get it. I get it. But it still looked uh, somewhat obscene to me. I, I don't think that – look, Brent Venable's going to get a great house in Norman. I have no doubt. And it will be very, very nice. But I don't think it'll be seventeen point two million dollars. I don't. I. I wonder what the Stoops Mansion costs in comparison to Mule Shoes' new mansion. I bet it costs less than half of that. I yeah. Would is that yeah? Well, in California, I mean, it's it's amazing. A million dollar home could be eighteen hundred square feet or something. You know, it's crazy. You know, Absolutely there was crazy. I uh, John Hoover from SI Sooners, my first boss in the industry, sent me a screenshot the other day and i guess someone was impersonating me on dirt.com which is the website where mule shoes real estate purchase got posted and they were i guess whoever was impersonating me using my name as their screen name was like oh, I've, I've seen houses just like this in holbert oklahoma that go for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars so needless to say Yes, you drop that same house in the state of Oklahoma. It's going to be significantly cheaper. I don't know if it'll be $150,000, but uh, the fact that it's in California, and particularly the L.A. area, 
makes it far more expensive than it would be pretty much anywhere else. I Save for like Miami. We should have a medieval battle between the two castles, the uh, Stoopses versus the Rileys. And they need like a coat of arms and armor and everything, and I'll take Bob Stoops every day. Yeah, because Bob Stoops got a couple gladiators for sons. No doubt about it. And Bob is a gladiator himself. You think the Stoops boys, you think uh, you think that Bob, Mike, and Mark weren't going after each other as kids in Youngstown, Ohio? I bet there were some wrestling matches that got a little bit out of hand back in the day. It was you that told me the story of Drake and Isaac going after the furniture delivery guy, right? That was the story I was told, that, uh, which I think is great, by the way. And they were, they were uh, tough kids, no doubt, <laughs> growing up in that family. Great family, but I'm sure they, they grew up and uh, they were pretty aggressive. But uh, somebody had told me they got a a call from the uh, Stoops, not this mansion, but the previous mansion, delivering furniture and said that the uh, Stoops boys were uh, beating up on the delivery people. Now, I don't think they were, like, crashing, you know, golf clubs over their head or anything like that, but they were trying to tackle them and stuff like that, which I thought was hilarious. And uh, I asked the guy, so what would you say? And he goes, well, said it's it's Bob Stoops, right? (laughs) Let him do it, of course, (laughs) which is awesome. Uh. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I think we, uh, you know, like I said, if you can get that house, man, more power to you. That's unbelievable. And I think you're right. That's going to be a recruiting tool, too. Right? Just the same way Mule Shoes House here in Oklahoma was. Mm-hmm. That was where he hosted all the guys. Wait till Colin Cowherd, as he tweeted out, here's here's a mansion in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, it, or, it won't be long but before we see a selfie video of Cowherd and Mule Shoe smoking cigars by the pool. You know who's going to be the Cato Kalen to his mansion, right? Who's in the that? guest house. Clark Stroud is going to be the Cato <laughs> of that situation. There's no doubt because he can't afford anything out no, there. The guest, the guest house is probably nicer than wherever Clark is uh, staying. Or absolutely. any of those assistants. Because Lord knows those assistants are making at most like ten percent of what Mule Shoe's making. And, and yes, Mule Shoe is is well. I don't want to compare him to OJ. That's that wouldn't be bad. But uh, Cato is Clark Stroud in this situation. When I heard Guest House, I said that's where Clark Stroud's going to be right there because he's he's pretty much attached to Mule Shoe wherever he goes. Right? Are they surgically attached yet? I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. Come on, man. Go for it. It'll feel good. Say it. No. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome in. If you're joining us for the first time, we appreciate it very much. It's Friday. Let's party. Something like that. Joe Bettner joining us next here on The Ref. Yes, he is. He is Joe Bettner. Eyes on Oklahoma Sooner Newsletter joining us on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line here on this Friday. Good to have you along, by the way. Joe, thanks for coming on. All right, so the Sooners get it done against Baylor last night. Uh, Just a colossal win for Oklahoma, beating the number three team in the country. They had to have it. Does this win get Oklahoma in, in your opinion? I think right now, just kind of the way the week has gone, yes. I think that they uh, are in pretty good position. A lot of the teams, a lot of the bubble teams that they kind of need to fall, uh, it's, been a, it's been a good week as far as that, that goes. And so uh, as long as Oklahoma can avoid, you know, some teams and the, you know, the mid-major conferences kind of, you know, stealing bids from, a, uh, from you know, some of the, you know, Power 5 leagues, I think they, they should be good. Another win tonight would, I think, all but, you know, obviously lock it up. 
but that was a pretty important win for the Sooners on, on Thursday. Let's say they make the field of 68, Joe. Based on what this team has done, uh, this four-game winning streak that they're on, how far do you think they can stretch this thing in March Madness should they make it into the dance? I feel like questioning Porter Moser in in March is just <laughs> really just a really bad idea for anybody. And so far, OU's you know looks like a different team in March. They've you know obviously closed out the season on a really high note, and then to go out and beat Baylor is, is you know no small feat. Uh, you know this is a team that I think is is capable of you know getting past the. And obviously, it kind of depends on if they go first four and have to go up to uh, you know have to go up to Dayton. But I think this is a team that can definitely you know pull off an upset in the first round. I wouldn't expect them to you know get past round two. Uh, just that I think it's asking a lot of this team. Just kind of uh, you know we, we've seen this team play, and I think that they can hang with just about anybody. But they just don't necessarily have the depth that uh, a lot of other teams do. But once again. Porter Moser, really great coach, and uh, I'll be interested to see what they can do if they do get to, you know, get to the big dance. 8.30 tonight, ESPN2, the Sooners and Texas Tech in the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. The other matchup is Kansas and TCU, so uh, 8.30 tonight uh, for OU. By the way, four minutes, 40 seconds left. Sooner women lead Kansas 71-63 in Kansas City in the Big 12 Women's Tournament. Alright, so next year, uh, you lose Jordan Goldwire, you lose Ethan Shagwa, you lose Marvin Johnson. Mo Gibson, uh, you know, I think you put a question mark next to his game uh, name for next year. And you've got, you know, other people coming back. Obviously, the Groves brothers coming back. Feel good about that. Elijah Harkless said he's coming back. Uh, you've got Cortez, Nolan, all of those other guys that will be coming back. What do you think about, uh, you know, uh, next season potentially for Oklahoma, especially if, if Mo Gibson comes back and you add him to the new recruits and, and possible transfers coming in next year? I mean, I think this is a team that can, you know, compete for, uh, you know, in the top half of the Big 12 if they can get those pieces back, Mo Gibson being the biggest one. And they bring in two guards from the 2022 class uh, that should provide them a lot of depth there, which has you know, been a bit a little bit of an issue. But you also, uh, you, know, you lose Goldwire, but you really hope that a guy like Bijan Cortez takes the next step and can kind of, you know, fill those shoes, you know, despite some of the inexperience there. But, I think it can be a really good team. I think it's going to come down to how consistent Tanner Groves can be, and I think that, honestly, just the, his ability to come back is so huge because it, I think it is a huge jump to go from you know where you know Jay, or where the Groves brothers were playing to now playing in you know the best conference in college basketball and to be you know more acclimated to it and to to get you know a second you know time around to to figure it out. I think is obviously going to be super beneficial for those guys. Just a matter of uh, you know what Porter does as far as uh, kind of you know keeping guys because you know there there is you know we we talk about like the guys that potentially you know have the option to stay, but they're obviously you know with the transfer portal you never know who's going to enter this off season. And so you, you figure that Porter just the way he kind of worked the transfer portal last year, uh, having to go get as many guys as he did. You know, I think he's going to have a much smaller, you know, kind of load as far as just trying to reload. Uh, but th- th- I think next year can be a really promising team. But yeah, at the same time, you're but you're back and you're still in the Big Twelve, and it's it's the best conference in college basketball. So 
you know, you, you could have a really good record and still finish sixth or seventh. It's uh, going to be interesting to see how next year's uh, team pans out. Joe, Marvin Johnson has 30 points over the last four games. He had 30 points all season before that point. So, I mean, has this guy – Has do you, you look at him as potentially an X factor for this team as they get deeper and deeper into the postseason? Oh, 100%. I mean – it's it's all obviously about you know how you're playing right now in March and you know, Marvin Johnson's been you know phenomenal. I, I think that as he's kind of dealt with some of the stuff that he has, just kind of finally kind of get in a rhythm and to, to finally kind of see that success kind of come to fruition. It, it, it's been really cool to see you know him being an Oklahoma guy and all. But uh, just that, that that's something that once again I think that. Uh, kind of, you know, going back to the coaching, don't want to take it, you know, too much away from the player, but just this is, you know, kind of the program that, you know, Porter Mosher has built at Loyola and what he's done before as far as teams that just get better as the season goes along. And I think you're kind of seeing that from a lot of his players, Marvin Johnson being one of the biggest, you know, beneficiaries of that. So been cool to see that, uh, and especially just in a time when, when as I mentioned, just the guard play has been kind of so up and down. Uh, having him kind of come alive has obviously been a you know big, as you said, X factor for, for Oklahoma. It's going to be interesting to see if he can sustain that level going forward. Joe, I want to congratulate you on uh, your predictions. Uh, when the Sooners lost some players in the portal, I believe it was you that would say, that was saying that Alondis Williams would be the ACC Player of the Year. Cameron McGusty would be uh, all first-team ACC. Brady Manick would end Coach K uh, in his final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. I mean, is this not crazy what's happened with – uh, particularly I look at Alondis Williams, and there were moments when Alondis Williams played for Lon Kruger. You're like, man, that was an athletic move right there. It was pretty impressive. But, you know, he, he was just kind of a, a guy uh, who made some plays from time to time that opened your eyes, but nothing more than that. And now he's ACC Player of the Year. And like I said, Cameron McGusty at Miami, also first-team ACC. This has been crazy with these guys that left Oklahoma that found, uh, you know, greener pastures in the ACC. Now, the ACC's down, but is this not unbelievable? I mean, when you think about the you know the brand of ACC basketball, it, it is pretty wild to think that, you know, what these, you know, trio of OU players out in that conference are doing. And I think that the, the, the biggest, uh, you know, surprise, I think, has just been how well I think that, you know, Brady Manick has kind of put himself into that situation at North Carolina and has really, you know, carved out just a really nice, you know, final year of eligibility. But, you know, Alondis Williams, I will say this, and not to, you know, I know you joke at the beginning, but, like, I always thought that he had a lot of potential. And I think one of the biggest problems, though, was just how Lon Kruger would, you know, he had this roster built with Devin Harmon, uh, Austin Reeves, and Alondis. And you have these really talented guys, but just, it never seemed like they all the pieces always fit together, uh, and I, I think that if Alanda stays at Oklahoma, he's you know probably running the show for for OU, and I think that would have you know lent to his skill set. I think that Porter Mosher would love a guy like Alondis Williams this season, but you know he goes out to Wake Forest, does a terrific job, and uh, you know getting them to uh, should be an NCAA tournament berth, but just. Uh, a phenomenal season for, for for those guys, and honestly, it's really cool to see Cam Augusty because that was you know something that I think a lot of Oklahoma fans were were sad to see him go because he did look like he had a lot of uh, you know a lot of talent, a lot of potential for when he first started at OU. You know what feels like 15 years ago, uh, and is now out in Miami doing big things. So 
uh, a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on with uh, with that group that Lon Kruger kind of uh, left when he left. So, Joe, one more thing for you here. Let's rewind to 2018 when, of course, Porter Moser and Loyola Chicago made that iconic Final Four run. Sure, they played good basketball there, but it also needs to be acknowledged that there was a lot of carnage in that regional bracket to help the Ramblers get to the Final Four. You had the one seed go down in the only 16-over-1 upset that we've ever seen in March Madness. Kansas State made an unforeseen run to the Elite Eight. Loyola Chicago had a lot of help along the way. And you fast-forward here to 2022, Porter Moser is dealing with a roster comprised almost entirely of mid-major transfers and true freshmen, and he's got them on the verge of an NCAA tournament berth. If this team gets to the field of 68, do you think this is his best coaching job as a head coach over his two-decade-long coaching career, or do you think you still need a couple tournament wins before you can start to stack it up against that Loyola Chicago team of 2018? I'd say that the you know you know one or two wins in the postseason would be probably solidify that. It's hard to say just because I mean if you look back at what Loyola Chicago was before Porter, Porter Mosier came, uh, you know uh, or took that job. I mean it was just not not a good program, and he revived it in in such a big way. Uh, it's it's hard for me to say right now, but you know not that the Oklahoma. I don't think anyone was expecting them to be you know Big Twelve title contenders or anything like that. But you know the pieces were there to be good at least, and I you know, it's a hodgepodge of transfers. You mentioned you know a lot of mid major guys and stuff like that, but you know the guys that you know Porter Mosher did go out and get. Uh, it was impressive. I, I, if you want to talk about just the kind of the recruiting job and you know with that with the nuance of that, then I, I think I I kind of you know lean more with with you saying that, you know, this, this might be his best coaching job because that's no small feat in, in today's, you know, co- not just college basketball, but college athletics with how crazy the portal is. But no, I, I think that if they can get a few wins in the tournament, I definitely, it's, it, it's gotta be up there. And, you know, he's not going to get any recognition obviously for, for coach of the year or anything, but I think that Joe Castiglione, OU fans alike can, uh, can feel really good about the direction of the program and just how good of a coach Porter Mosier is. EyesOnOklahoma.com. That is EyesOnOklahoma.com. You can subscribe to Joe's Sooner Newsletter. Uh, EyesOnOklahoma.com. Do it there. He also does a podcast as well. Give you some great insight. Joe's been covering OU uh, for nearly a decade now and does a great job. So, Joe, we appreciate your time, man. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Joe Bender joining us here on the law offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Oklahoma tax resolution, not Oklahoma, Texas resolution line. Oklahoma and Texas will resolve their differences on the second Saturday in October, man. They're in Dallas. Rod Polston is going to help you with a tax issue. Brent Venables will take care of the Texas issue. All right, coming right back. Another segment to go here during our first hour. We'll catch you up on the uh, OU women's score and more when we get back. Ah, yes, the Sooners staying alive. Uh, last night, huge, gigantic, Godzilla-sized victory over Baylor. 72-67 was the final. They get Texas Tech tonight, 8.30 on ESPN2 in the Big 12 semifinals. Tech victorious over Iowa State last night. Tech uh, 
The Sooners beat Tech in Norman by 15. They lost to Tech by 26 in Lubbock in one of the ugliest games of the year. Uh, you need to be rooting for bubble teams to lose. Bad news, Indiana just beat Illinois yeah, in that's, the Big Ten tournament. That's not ideal, nor is the fact that Texas A&M is currently beating Auburn. Yeah, what's up with that, man? Come on, man. Auburn, what are you doing? The bubble had been so kind to the Sooners over yeah. the last couple of days. Yeah. Wake Forest lost, Xavier mm-hmm. lost. Michigan, Florida. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I said, Indiana, uh, 65-63 over Illinois, uh, the final in from the Big Ten tournament. Uh, we were talking about Brady Manick. You saw what he did against Virginia, 21 points, eight boards, three assists as they beat uh, Virginia uh, last night in the ACC quarters. You could get another Duke-Carolina matchup, probably will get another Duke-Carolina matchup in the uh, ACC tournament. By the way, which it's uh, it's just I don't know. It's uh, I I, w- I would love to see it uh, in the ACC tournament, of course. As we all grew up knowing and loving ACC basketball, and it was Big A basketball here was huge, obviously, with you think about the Kansas teams and Billy's Oklahoma teams, and, you know, Dave Bliss had a championship team for the Sooners also back in the old Big A, but Missouri, KU, Oklahoma, Johnny Orr at Iowa State, Lon Kruger, you know, at K-State, you had some great teams back in the day. Um and the ACC, man, you talk about Michael Jordan and Ralph Sampson and Lynn Bias and Mark Price at Georgia Tech. I mean, there were unbelievable teams night in, night out. Those ACC games were great. And we always loved the ACC tournament, right, when they would go to Brooklyn, New York, where they are right now. We always remember growing up watching the ACC in Brooklyn, <laughs> which seems crazy. But you've got Miami and Duke. So Cam McGusty, the former Sooner, taking on Coach K and the Duke Blue Devils in one ACC semifinal tonight. Virginia Tech and Carolina will play in the nightcap tonight. They will tip the same time as the Sooners, about the same time as Oklahoma and Tech tip tonight in Kansas City, 830. Uh, ESPN will televise uh, the Carolina game, and, of course, the Sooners game is on ESPN, too. Mike, I'm keeping I'm keeping a very close eye on this A&M-Auburn game. And Auburn A&M making a rally? Is, A&M is trying so hard to choke this game away. Unfortunately, it is like the imperfect storm for Auburn. They are shooting 28% from the field. Katie Johnson, their star guard, get this, 0 for 14 from the floor. Holy cow. You got to be trying. You almost got to be trying to miss that many shots. That is, that's, that's not good. Oh, 14. I mean, Baylor was three of 20. What were they? Three of 22 from three last night. I think it was. Uh, so again, and, and the margins, what now? Uh, so it's a nine point game. Auburn is closing the gap. Time left. It was okay. So there are five minutes and 20 seconds remaining. This gap was as many as 20 points at one point. You know, it, it was amazing last night because uh, the Sooners played unbelievable. Uh, you know, they, they weren't perfect, particularly in the first half, because they had turnover issues again. But what they did in the second half was was spectacular. Again, you were down after outplaying Baylor for a lot of that first half. You're still down six at halftime. Baylor came back, got the lead, looked like they were going to take control. Oklahoma, you know, the Sooners started the, the game on a 7 nothing spurt. And then they came out, and they made some big shots early in the second half, got some momentum again. And then the amazing thing is, I think we were all kind of waiting, all right, Baylor's got a big run coming here, you know, just wait. 
and Oklahoma just made play after play after play. It was a great performance, very clutch by the Sooners last night. We'll see if they can uh, hang with Tech tonight, get that game down to the last four or five minutes, have a shot to win it, and uh, you know, be hopeful that you can make plays like you did last night. All right, Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, the roads are starting to clear some. Riverwind Casino's got a huge promotional drawing tonight. Your chance to win your share of $80,000 in courtside cash. It is their great promotion, the 80K courtside cash giveaway. The drawing tonight at 6 runs to 11.30. They draw three guests' names every half hour, so 33 names in total between 6 to 11.30, and then a couple grand prize winners drawn out just before midnight. And you can get out there and win a ton of cash and bonus play. It's a great time. Have a big-time meal tonight at the River Buffet. It is steak night. All-you-can-eat steak for $29.99. They've got all the great side dishes, a tremendous dessert bar. If you haven't been to the River Buffet, it's efficient, it's clean, it's Awesome, and you can set a record for calorie consumption if you want to. All you can eat steak for twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, I'd, I'd put dude, a place out of business, man. Mike. I'm telling you, Park, you need to get over there. It's awesome, and then if you like seafood, uh, Shay loves the crab legs. Uh, she loves crab legs. I've and, never had crab legs. You know, they're they're pretty good. You know, Are they're they? they're a lot of work once you get very proficient yeah. at getting the crab meat and you know how to use the tools. It's a great meal. That's now, the one thing about seafood, it can be it can be a lot of work. It can be some work. I, but, I love me some shrimp. Love me some crawfish. Yeah, and they've Can't got a great I've ever had crab legs. Great though. seafood buffet. All you can eat there Saturday night at the River Buffet for thirty nine ninety nine. But you want to make sure and get out there for the eighty thousand dollar courtside cash promotional drawing starting at six tonight at Riverwind. Simply the best. All right, we have our man Brandon Drum making his Friday appearance coming up at one thirty five. All things Sooner football and recruiting, and mixing some basketball as well. Coming right back another hour on this Friday. Keep it here. Oh, yes. Welcome in. It is Friday. Finally, Friday. Good to have you with us. I am the Man of Steel, one of America's favorite regional radio stars, as far as you know. And we have the five-star recruits out of the OUJ school, the one, the only Parker Thune. And uh, we are ready to get you ready for the weekend. Locked in coming up at 2 o'clock. The rush after that. And a big basketball game tonight in Norman. Not in Norman, in Kansas City, as the uh, Sooners will take on Texas Tech and uh, 8.30 on ESPN2. Two teams split the uh, regular season series. Sooners winning by 15 in Norman. Tech winning by 26 in – or 24, actually, uh, in Lubbock. So, the OU women did beat Kansas. And uh, the final on that one, 80-68. to 68. Uh, So, the uh, Sooner women uh, win their first-round game today. In Kansas City, after KU came to the LNC last Saturday and beat the OU women on their home floor, the uh, Sooner women returned the favor. So Oklahoma advancing in the Big Twelve tournament. All right, this A and M Auburn game getting interesting. What do we have? Five point game, two minutes to play. Plenty of time to aggie it up for Texas A and M. That's what I'm thinking. Plenty of time. They always find a way. Plenty of time. Uh, softball tonight. Sooners, if they win the rest of these games in Hawaii, they have three left, and they're going to. They're going to leave Hawaii with a 20-0 record. And uh, last night, Oklahoma beat Baylor. 12-3 was the final. 13 victories, 13 of the 17 by run rule, by my count. Sooner women playing Cal tonight at 730 
Hawaii at 10 o'clock. So if you look at Oklahoma times there or Hawaiian times, 3.30 in the afternoon in Hawaii, uh, 6 p.m. So it seems really late here, obviously, but not in Hawaii, four hours behind. So Hawaii, again, uh, the opponent on Saturday, and we are both predicting. I think just about everybody's predicting the record-setting home run will come in one of the Hawaii games. Hopefully in the game uh, tonight that starts at 10 o'clock. Listen, you know that if she hasn't said it by the game against Hawaii, Hawaii's going to make it happen. <laughs> They'll be like, here, just I'll just groove you one. Well, I was, off. I was listening to Plank on uh, with T-Row this morning driving in. I left super early so I could deal with the weather. And uh, Plank was saying that the Cal coach was not planning on pitching to Jocelyn. Oh, fun. And thought that the, the, the his initial thought was that the Hawaii coach may not, but they, the Hawaii coach said they are planning on pitching to Jocelyn Allo. So Good. Yes. Good. And Baylor did yesterday. Baylor pitched to her, and she did hit one out of the park. She had a big uh, RBI double, hit the ball hard, but did not hit one out of the park. But the OU women's softball team is just, you talk about a machine. They're an absolute machine. And uh, could they potentially go undefeated and win the national championship? Potentially? Absolutely they can. Uh, still going to be tough once you get, you know, you're, you're going to face some competition. And keep in mind, they had the big, uh, it was the Jada Coleman home, uh, two-run homer right in the Tennessee game when they were pressed into extra innings. So it's not going to be a total cakewalk for Oklahoma, particularly once you get to the, like, super regionals and then you get to the Women's College World Series. But, man, Patty Gasso has done just an amazing job. And you cannot understate uh, I said this a few years back, you know, you can make an argument that Patty Gasso is the greatest coach in Sooner Athletics history, and she's going to add to that resume. There's no doubt about it. And you think they've got some good coaches. I mean, Bud, Barry, Bob, think about gymnastics with Mark Williams and K.J. Kindler and the job that they've done. I mean, they've got top-flight, big-time programs. The OU women just – a week ago, beat Michigan in that big uh, matchup at the LNC, and they took over the number one spot in the rankings again. So, Patty Gasso, though, has been just uh, phenomenal. All right, do you have uh, any big weekend plans? Shut-in weekend with the weather, even though the weather is going to get better? No, I am headed down to Houston, the oh, Woodlands, yeah. for a big 7-on-7 seven seven tournament, and then I'll be back up to Dallas on Sunday for the Under Armour So camp. that's why you're making the stop at, what's the name of the place? Hawaiian Bros? Hawaiian Bros. I know, I've been, I've been touting that trip for three days. How much do you expect the bill to be? Now, are you going to be a lonely guy eating by yourself? I mean, yeah, I'm on the road. Yeah, I guess. I'll eat by myself. I have no shame in that. Uh, I was just wondering because Steve Martin and the Lonely Guy, it was a pretty good scene when he was eating by himself. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be embarrassed about that at all. Not really. I mean, Auburn has cut this deficit to four points with 37 seconds to and play. Four with thir- – oh, man. A&M. Come on, man. All right, so what do you expect the ticket to be? What's the over and under on the ticket at – Hawaiian Bros. I mean, I, I mean, is it super expensive? No, or it, moderate. It's, it's like twelve bucks. What? That's yeah. it? Yeah. Really? I mean, it's just a single meal. No appetizer. No, no appetizer. You just it, it all comes in one box. You get the rice, you get the teriyaki chicken, you get the fresh pineapple, and then if you fill out their little survey, you go back and you get you some free pineapple soft serve. Really? Okay. Uh-huh. Now, are you saying they don't have appetizers, or are you a nag? Are you a no-appetizer guy? 
oh, a nag. I've never heard that term used before. I, I offhand, I don't think they have app- their appetizers might be spam. <laughs> well, that might I mean, that might be the designation for the spam that they serve. See, I'm an appetizer all the time guy. That's why at one day, you know, I'm going to look like the Michelin Man. Down the road. But to me, by the time, the problem for me is by the time I get to the restaurant, I don't eat lunch a lot anymore and I'm just starving. So I've got to have an appetizer. Sometimes I'll double up on the appetizers because I live on the edge, man. I live right there, teetering on the edge before I get my meal. How about that? Hmm? Parker's looking at me like, who am I working with? Why did they put me with this guy? Uh, you you really don't eat. Well, I guess you don't have time I, between yeah. this and headed headed over to Riverwind. Yeah, like, I, you know, I just I should. TJ's smart. He saves money and he eats well. TJ brings his own lunch. Now you may laugh at that. Don't laugh at it. It's not like he's bringing a lunch pail. He's bringing a lunch ice chest, one of the small ones. And that man, there's a reason he has a lake house because he's saving money. Doing the right thing and eating very well. That okay? I w- I want to bring this up because we got on the topic of uh, regional pronunciations and regional dialogue a couple days ago. See what what is referred to in Oklahoma as an ice chest. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else I have been, it is referred to as a cooler. A cooler. Yeah. I have I have only ever heard it called an ice chest in the state of Oklahoma. Hmm. I don't know. What do you guys call it? The cooler or the ice chest? Are you asking me? No, I'm, just, asking, I'm me? asking the text line. Okay, Let 405 651 Maybe ice chest is an old deal. You know, uh, by the way, oh, we can go to the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. We should go there now. we got a bunch. Dang it. My Some, bad. Somebody got on the text line and said, Hey, Parker, also a velvet taco in the woodlands, close to the 7-on-7 seven seven event. Really? So, oh, boy. Are, well, you're in business. What are I'm you about complaining to be about? Poor this weekend. Come on. You've got Hawaiian Brothers and Velvet Taco and one oh, trip. Oh, I'm going I'm to eat so good. And Cooper Farms, too. What's Have you Co- ever been to Cooper I Farms? I haven't been to Cooper Farms. What's oh, Cooper so it's, Farms? Like, it's like an icon. It's like a staple. It's about halfway between Dallas and Houston. Actually, a little closer to Dallas than it is to Houston. But it's right along 45 there. And it's in Fairfield. Fairfield is the exit that you take. It's exit 198. And it's this convenience store where you can, you know, you can get gas, you can fill up your mm-hmm. gas tank, all that stuff. But you walk in and it's it's a peach farm. Really? So all everything they offer in that convenience store is all peach based peach oriented so you can get like peach turnovers and peach pies jars of peaches peach preserves my favorite is they have like they have like an old-fashioned you know soda fountain ice cream counter type of thing and i always get a peach milkshake sometimes i get two peach that sounds awesome by the way that sounds like the pineapple shake over at you know it would be the same kind of good yeah you pass by you pass through there in june or july they'll also be selling bushels of peaches you can get yourself like a little bag full Mm -hmm. of 12 or 13 peaches my dad who my, you know, we've been without my dad for just barely over a year now. That man loved peaches. He would eat them out of the can. He would eat oh, them peaches raw. Are so he loved peaches. The Stratford peaches, man. Are they as good as Stratford peaches? Stratford? Stratford as in Stratford, Oklahoma? Yes. Very big on peaches in Stratford. Oh, really? They produce really good ones. Where is Stratford geographically? I. It's wherever Stratford is. I'm not sure. <laughs> 
I think it's somewhat nearby, isn't it? I, I should know. I've only been in this state for like, you know, 58 years. That's all. Somebody says on the text line, is Parker going to cave to peer pressure and try wild peckers? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great promo. I love oh, that. Man. So good. I've never, I've never, I'd never heard of Wild Peckers oh. until I heard Toby's promo running. So I love when T. Rose I'm, said, uh, "I wonder what the wife's gonna think when she sees Dad <laughs> on the credit card bill." <laughs> Pretty good. Oh man, I, I have to imagine that's a chicken place, right? You would think. Yes, yes. But yeah, I am big on peaches. Twelve so. miles from Ada says uh, somebody on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Thank you. Okay. I thought it was somewhat. You know, I should know because I worked in Ada for just a little bit. Porter peaches. Hey Porter. Hey Porter. Uh, I guess Porter has some good peaches. Oh, we just got a little acapella there from you, Steely. We've got uh, ice chest and cooler are currently both tied with. Uh, at 50%, like three votes apiece. One listener says, ice chest is styrofoam with separate lid. Cooler is plastic with attached lid. Okay, okay. This, uh, this is my thing. If you ever want to torture me beyond belief. Styrofoam ice styro- chest. No, styrofoam anything. Just the sound? The sound. Oh, it's I brutal. It is no, horrible. Some people, like, it doesn't bother them at all. Yeah. For me... It is the most no, it's like fin- fingernails on a chalkboard kind of stuff. I'm oh with my you. Goodness. Even yes. thinking about it just makes me start to sweat. If in you discomfort. want a redneck lake weekend, you go to like Dirty Bird and you take a styrofoam ice chest and you play like <laughs> the Georgia Satellites on your playlist, and you've got yourself a redneck weekend. I've been on a redneck weekend or two with and a couple some- of my friends who hail from the state of Oklahoma, and there's always a styrofoam ice chest involved. You know, and yes, styrofoam ice chest you got on the, you know, on the stereo. I got a little change in my pocket going jing-a-lang-a-lang. And then you've got the jorts and probably, you know, a 24-pack of bush beer or something like that. And you've got a good, solid redneck Oklahoma Lake weekend right there. And the water must be brown, so that means dirty bird. There's a lot of brown water in Oklahoma. There is, unfortunately. All right, we're going to break right here. We've got Brandon Drum coming up at 135. Sooner women win 80-68. to 68. Sooner men tonight, 830 against Tech. OU softball, 730 against Cal. 10 o'clock against Hawaii tonight. OU baseball tomorrow, 2 o'clock against UTSA. The Roadrunners are coming to town. You know, I don't care if you think this is redneck. This is no, still this is a redneck. classic. It is a classic. <laughs> Skinner. Great band, great song. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, unfortunately. Yeah. And then we'll be back tomorrow also in the next round of the SEC tournament, right? Yeah. Bruce Pearl. Come on, Bruce. The gift that does the opposite of giving. Man, um... I think of all the teams I've seen in college hoops this year that Auburn is the most talented I've seen. But really, you think they're more talented than Gonzaga? Uh, Yeah, I would give them maybe a slight edge, but we'll we'll see. Maybe Gonzaga can get it done this year. Last year's team is pretty darn good. Pretty, pretty good. Jacob Timmy also. I don't know. There's some. Do you like that guy? Drew Timmy? Or Drew Timmy, yeah. Why did I say Jacob? You thinking of Jacob Tammy, the tight end for the Colts back in the day? Uh, maybe, but Drew Timmy. I'm trying to think of where he played college ball. Utah? Is that right? Sounds like it might be right. You'd have to go ahead yeah, and Google I, it up. I'll, I'll fact check myself on that one. But and, and Drew Timmy is Gonzaga's best player. I know everybody yeah. raves about Chet Holmgren. 
all seven feet and 80 pounds of him. Yeah, he is, man. He is super skinny, dude. There is no doubt. I mean, he look, makes Poku look like Hulk Hogan. Uh, but he's highly skilled, though. No doubt about it. Um, man, last year, of course, they just – Baylor just came out, man. They they dropped a – it was like they went gap band on him. They dropped a bomb on him early in the game, and it seemed like that game was over very early. But uh, I don't know. It was the Jalen Suggs shot was the shot of the tournament last year, though. Pretty oh, my amazing. goodness. That, that – that was one of the greatest shots in the history no of March doubt. Madness. No doubt about it. There have been some great ones, but that one was, you know, to do that against UCLA, and um, that that was amazing. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, by the way, let's play the Porter Moser clip. Uh, last segment we got talked uh, – well, we got – we got sidetracked. I sidetracked as we were talking about Parker's meals this weekend, which he's very excited. Hawaiian Brothers, Cooper Farms, and Velvet Taco, right? Uh, is that the, that is the holy trinity? That's pretty good for you. And we got talking about Stratford versus Porter Peaches, ice chest versus coolers, and just very important topics. By the way, the Air Comfort Solutions sex line is very divided on the ice chest cooler conversation. Yeah, they are. I kind of figured we'd get more of a split than we did, but it's right about 50-50. I'm trying to think of anything else that – because I said ice chest, and you said Oklahoma's the the only place that you hear it referred to as an ice chest. You always hear cooler. Is there anything else out there that is basically all Oklahoma? Like, uh, you know, some relatives, older relatives used to say over yonder. That's where you go – way away or whatever it's over that way yes over yonder did you have over yonder in nebraska i'd never really heard that term okay in nebraska anybody else over yondered back in the day by grandparents or relatives because i heard over yonder quite a bit hey where is that place by the way oh they point out it's over yonder i don't think over yonder is a town i just think it's a saying Somebody else let me know if you were over yonder on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. The Sooners last night get it done against Baylor, best one of the year, most important one of the year, and a win that gives Oklahoma life for the NCAA tournament. In fact, if you look at the resume, they really should be in right now. And I'm not – look, I've got a homer in me. I understand that, but I really believe they should be in right now. Joe Lenardi moved them to the first four out list at number four. But if you look at their resume and how it stacks up against these other teams in the same boat in terms of uh, looking at the experts who are trying to project the field, Oklahoma Oklahoma's resume is as good or better than any of them. And uh, to beat Baylor, to play the way they're playing down the stretch now, five wins over top 15 teams. Uh, they're playing really good basketball. And uh, Porter Moser said last night, no doubt his team is really super focused right now. Really happy for the guys that does to stick with us and be resilient. You know, um, you know, we when we lost Elijah Harkless, it, we found out like the day before, I think it was the Iowa State game, and it kind of took us by surprise. And, and now we've regrouped. We've regrouped. And we've won four in a row, and we're confident, we're hot. Um, that was a huge win for us, and we had to, you know, we, people kind of countered us out, and we started one at a time, beating Oklahoma State and West Virginia. They had to go to Kansas State on their senior night, and now this. But it's, it's a testament to these this group on how close they're becoming, how close they're becoming, and how resilient they're becoming of blocking out all the outside noise and just trying to focus in on what we need to do to win games. There you go. 
And uh, Porter said last night on uh, the ESPN post game that uh, he thinks they sh- they're in. He thinks they're in with that win last night. We'll see. We'll see. Indiana and Texas A&M winning does not help matters. No, but. Indiana beat Illinois, and Texas A&M just about five minutes ago uh, pulled the upset against Auburn. So there you go. You want to go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Let's do it. 405-651-3439. By the way, I want to mention the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. They're our second-hour sponsor, and we appreciate them so much. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley and that great guarantee they have. Oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Zane in Tulsa says the term I think of is icebox as opposed to refrigerator. I think that's just old school, though, not specific to Oklahoma because of how they used to keep things cool. Yeah, I agree. Icebox, yeah. Old school refrigerator, yeah. I agree. I heard that. I've I, I've never heard a refrigerator referred to as an ice as an icebox. It's because you're that's a, a new one to me. You're a young whippersnapper. Yeah, that's, that's probably why. true. That's probably true. Another listener says, "Over yonder or yonder ways, both need a point in yonder direction." Yeah, that's true. Yep, yeah, somebody's been yondered back in the day. I, I imagine a lot of people got over yonder. Uh, if they grew up in Oklahoma about, you know, and they're my age. Back to the text line. Does Oklahoma have to win tonight? That's what everybody is wondering. With Indiana winning, with Texas A&M winning, is this trending more in the direction of a must-win tonight for Oklahoma? Well, I'd, those I'd, two, I'll yeah. say this. I'm a little bit more uneasy than I was about two hours ago. I had Oklahoma at 60% before those two games. I'm going to drop them down to 54% now to get in on Sunday. But, yes, you need a insurance win. You need good insurance. Julia Chu-style insurance. You need a win tonight. That's what you need if you want to feel 100% insured. Otherwise, you know, it's in the hands of the committee. It's kind of like Charlie in Sin of a Woman when he had Colonel Slade arguing for him in front of that big committee. It was up in the air, but Charlie won out. All right, uh, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, We would love to hear from you. So, Parker, where are you right now? Percentage chance that Oklahoma gets in based on uh, they they get cut off tonight by Tech and they finish 18-15. and Man, I was about I was at about ninety percent two hours ago. Now I'm probably down to like seventy percent. Yeah. Like I said, this is uh this is not what you wanted to see on this Friday afternoon if you're an Oklahoma basketball fan. And again, if you're just joining us, that was an Indiana victory over Illinois in the Big Ten tournament and Texas AM taking down Auburn in the SEC bracket. And uh yeah, the Sooners need all these these teams they're competing with on the bubble to take L's, and those were two big W's uh, for them, and very bad, obviously, for the Sooners. So, we'll see. Man, if oh you had you feel like one more of those games, the Butler game, or you know what uh, it was, uh, Utah State, right? Yeah, TCU game, TCU and Schulmeyer got yes. away from them. Uh, yeah, it did. Texas at home, they lost in overtime by one possession. So many of those close games, too, where if one shot goes down, you get one lucky carom, 
you're sitting at 19 and 13 instead of 18 and 14 right now, and you're feeling a lot better, a lot more secure about your chances on Selection Sunday. There is some uncertainty. There was not much of it a couple hours ago. There's more uncertainty now. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, again, I, the Sooners win tonight. They can't be denied. They cannot no. be denied. If they beat Tech, that would be the second win they've had over Tech. That will be the sixth win of the year, right, against the top 15 opponent. And, uh, you know, you just beat on consecutive nights, you know, number three and number 14. And, you know, I, I just – there's no way they could be denied if they, if they win tonight. So, um, we'll just see if enough – Last night was enough. We just have to wait and see. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. is the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. We have Brandon Drum coming up, OUinsider247sports.com. 8.30 tonight in KC. Sooners, Red Raiders on ESPN2. Again, Sooner softball at 7.30 against Cal. Later tonight, 10 o'clock, second game against Hawaii. And, again, OU Baseball is uh, tomorrow, first game of that three-game set with UTSA begins at 2 o'clock. Thunder doesn't play until they meet the Grizzlies Sunday at the Paycom Center. And how about the Nets destroying the Sixers last night behind Kevin Durant's 25-14? and 14. James Harden, 3 of 17 from the floor, 11 points. Brooklyn wins that game in Philly by 29. We'll be right back. Brandon Drum, ladies and gentlemen, joining us, 247sports, OUinsider.com. The man has all the insight. He and Parker, I mean, they're all over it. They're all over it all the time, 24-7. That's why they're working for 24-7. Brandon, how we doing on this Friday? How about that win by Oklahoma last night? Amazing. Uh, what are you thinking about the Sooners' chances as they stand right now if they don't beat Tech tonight, what do you think about uh, how the committee is going to view them when it comes around Sunday? Well, if you listen to Porter Moser, they're unequivocally in. That's what he says, right? Um, I, look, they were on the first out this morning, uh, the first four out, uh, according to Joe Lenardi. Uh, I, I think they've got a win today to really solidify themselves tonight at 830 to really solidify themselves in the NCAA tournament. But at the same time, with their resume and the teams that they've beaten, I, I it's kind of kind of find it hard pressed to uh, hold them out. I mean, when you look at their losses, their losses are against some of the elite teams in college basketball. Uh, they even out of conference they played Auburn. I know Auburn just lost to Texas A&M, but I mean, look, that's not an easy thing to do to go down to Auburn, Alabama, and win against the then number one team in the country. So. Um, I, I, I would think that they're probably in as like a 10 to 12 seed at this point, but you would think a win today and at least a good showing in the Big 12 title game could move them up to maybe an 8, 7, 9 seed at the end of the day possibly. Um, I guess We're, we're going to find out Sunday evening one way or the other. And if they're not in, they can blame themselves. They had two bad losses at the beginning of the season. I think when they should have been, what, 13-0 and to start the season or some, something crazy like that. or I can't remember exactly, or 9-0 and or something to that extent to start the season whenever they lost to a couple of teams that they, they shouldn't have lost to. And those are going to come back, and they could creep up and bite Oklahoma at the end of the day. Uh, but at the same time, they have wins against Florida, 
Arkansas, uh, obviously Baylor, um, Texas Tech. I mean, they've got some really good wins on their resume. So uh, they've got a chance to really, I guess, make a splash here tonight. And if they do make it to the Big 12 title game, I think that pretty much solidifies things for them. And the uh, they're, they're the last four in or one or the other. At least they're in one way or the other. Yeah, just to tack on the coda to your point there, Brandon, looking at the teams that are on the bubble, according to Joe Lenardi, and there are 16 of them, this comes per our good friend Toby Rowland. OU has the third-best net ranking, the second-best strength of schedule, and the second-most quad one and two wins of any of those bubble teams. So the metrics would tell you the Sooners are in a pretty good spot, but as you mentioned – this opportunity to go and get another big-time top-10 win tonight against Texas Tech, one that would almost certainly seal the deal and put the Sooners squarely in the field of 68. Who's the X factor tonight as you look at how this Sooners team matches up against the Red Raiders, Brandon? I mean, do you do you go against the hot hand and, and Jacob Groves? <laughs> I mean... He's he's been you know when they have those big wins he kind of comes out and plays and scores double figures most of the time I don't I think that's kind of gone gone unnoticed and when he's playing really well Oklahoma tends to play really well I mean look everybody knows his brother is you know he's one of the better players in the Big Twelve uh, when he's on uh, he gets pushed around a little bit down low but Jacob he's a little bit more fluid a little bit more athletic. Uh, can do some things out on uh, out on the perimeter, uh, and I, I I think that that he's kind of the X factor. I, I think another guy that uh, I don't know, I would guess Johnson, Malcolm Johnson, would be another guy that you would have to to throw out there because he's been playing good basketball. I look, was he Parker? You would know better than me on this. Was he hurt most of the season? Marvin Johnson, yes, he was Marvin out Johnson, for Marvin Johnson. Yeah. Malcolm Johnson, yeah. Well, no, no, I I understand how you got those two confused, but no, Marvin Johnson was out for I want to say three to four <laughs> weeks. The vast majority of conference play, he was sidelined. Yeah, he was. He was on did did not play. He's a DMP. So for me, I think he's another guy, and he he's actually been quite productive for Oklahoma when he plays, and he's a good defender too. He he provides length and athleticism on the perimeter that you know. When Harkless isn't out there, they're missing a little bit. So, uh, I like I like where uh, I like what he brings to the table for Oklahoma. And I think he's another guy that could be an X factor tonight for OU, especially with Texas Tech's length. Brandon Drum, what is two four seven Sports OUinsider dot com? All right, so two weeks from tomorrow, another huge recruiting event uh, for the Sooners. What do you think the two or three headlines from that event coming up in two weeks? should be for OU fans who are interested in what's going on? Uh, if there's a five-star in the 2024 class or one of the high 2023 players in the country, they're probably going to be in Norman that weekend. That's pretty much the headline. Uh, you have five stars in T.A. Cunningham, Heaven brown Schuler. This is a 2024 class. Uh, Colin Simmons, um, trying, to, trying to go through all these. Uh, Jalen Hardy. Uh, Stacy Gage, obviously, uh, David Stone's going to be in this coming, not this weekend, but the next weekend. Uh, they're going to be hosting David Stone, the five-star IMG, formerly Dell City uh, defensive lineman. So he's coming in, and Oklahoma leads 
by a long shot with him. And if he committed, I wouldn't be shocked one way or the other. I, I really think that he's leaning towards the idea of committing and getting it over with. He's not really big into the recruiting process. He just really likes OU. And he's he, he actually has told me, you know, being away from home at IMG has kind of woken him up how much he misses his home state. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he plays at IMG a year and then heads back to Dell City to finish out his career. That's just something that I, I don't know that as a fact or anything. It's just a vibe that I'm getting at this juncture. Uh, but so, uh, like, there's a lot of big names that are going to be there. Uh, Jacoby Johnson out of Mustang is going to be there. Obviously, Jackson Arnold, Ashton Kozar, Joshua Bates, the, the commit, Eric, Eric uh, McCarty. The C4 group by uh, Sean Cooper down in Durant, he's got a big group of uh, talent that's going to come up for that weekend. Uh, he's going to be bringing guys like uh, four-star defensive lineman Zendavian Simmons, Zendavian Sims, uh, Dax Collins, the 2024 athlete out of Poto that's really close to picking up an Oklahoma offer. Uh, Kenyon Kelly, a safety out of Denison that's got an Oklahoma offer that likes OU a lot. Baylor's his dream school, but he's going to visit Oklahoma. And all of the, all those C4 guys tend to lean towards OU at some juncture. So I would, I'd would i be shocked if OU wasn't a big-time player in his recruitment. Obviously, By Job has a chance to show up that weekend with all of his teammates on the C4 7-on-7 squad. He's more focused uh, tonight, though, on the uh, state semifinals and uh, where his CCS Royals are, are going, uh, trying to compete and get to the uh, state title game in Class 3A basketball. So, like there's there's a lot going for Oklahoma that weekend. It's going to be one of the bigger weekends in recruiting that not just OU, but that anybody's really put together. And uh, it's all Venables, and that staff has done a fantastic job doing that as well. I mean, they're putting together quite the recruiting momentum. You haven't seen it on the commit front here, but that's because I don't believe that they allow people to visit once they commit. So when a kid commits, it, you're going to see a lot less decommits under Venables than you will than you did under Riley. Brandon, before we let you go, tell us a little bit about the visitor this weekend, four-star linebacker Troy Bulls out of Tampa. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the better athletes overall. I, obviously, his dad is Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he's got a the family has a really good relationship with Brent Venables, and they understand the type of linebacker coach that he is, and the fact that you have Ted Roof as well as the linebacker coach at Oklahoma. And that relationship with those two that Todd Bowles has has helped Oklahoma with obviously the four-star linebacker. And look, Troy 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 Bowles is he's a long, rangy guy that moves sideline to sideline really well. I think it's going to be tough to beat the likes of Florida, Miami, Florida State, Alabama, Georgia, those type of teams. But if anybody can do it, you would kind of lean towards Venables and his you know, recruiting acumen at the linebacker position. And that's the reason why he's even, Troy Bowles is even coming up to visit OU. So OU has a really good shot to be in play for him down the line. Uh, probably going to get an official. I think you just say, if you're coming from Tampa, obviously it stinks that it snowed out today. But, uh, you know, it's going to be in the 50s and 60s this weekend. So that's going to help out a little bit as far as the weather goes. But I guess you can you can show the kid. Look, we have seasons here. It doesn't last long, but you at least get to see some snow in Oklahoma. So, I guess I guess that would be kind of something that that, that Oklahoma could lean on if that was something that interests Troy Bowles. But 
Yeah, they, they've oh, he's got a good shot with not, I don't know so much landing him, but they've got a good shot to host an official visit down the line. And I think if you can do that with how well OU hosts kids that we've seen so far under the Venables era, you would think they have at least a puncher's chance with a kid like that. And that's all you can ask for right now with how early it is in Brent Venables' time uh, at Oklahoma. I mean, he's but he started off hot on that recruiting trail. I'm telling you all what, that 2024 class I think is where it's really going to pick up for OU and Brent Venables because they've really built strong relationships with some of the top talent in 2024. And uh, I think that's where you see things skyrocket. I think they have a really good class this year in 23, but 2024, I think they get an epic class. All right, about uh, 60 seconds left, Brandon. Uh, asked Parker about this the other day. Dylan Edwards, what's what's going on there? I know Parker said uh, he felt pretty good about him a while back, and now it's, it's a little more mm-hmm. mysterious with him. What do you think is going on? It's mysterious, but then he goes off and tweets all that crap this morning about Oklahoma and kind of pulls people back to the fire a little bit going, oh, is he getting closer again? Is he getting closer? From my understanding, and I don't know if this is 100% fact, he wanted to take visits. He wanted to commit to Oklahoma, but he wanted to take visits. And I think Oklahoma kind of said, okay, go look around. find, See if you can find something that you like a little bit better. If you like it, so be it. If you don't, we'll take your commitment. I think that's where things stand right now. I don't know that I, – I, I think if Oklahoma could get a guy like a Trey Wisner or somebody like that, I think they would take him over Dylan Edwards. But at the same time, you take a speed guy like that because you can do a lot of different things with a talent like that. You put some weight on him, and he could be, he could be, he could be a problem in the Big 12 and the SEC. Good stuff, Brandon. We appreciate it as always, and we'll talk to you next Friday. All right. Thank you all. Brandon Drum, 247 Sports, and OUinsider.com. Thanks again to our sponsor here during our second hour, the one, the only, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on car or truck. Or, you know, you can be thinking about the greatest guarantee in automotive history, perhaps. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, we'll wrap it up with some final notes next here on Steel Man at Thune at way past noon. Keep it here. All right, we are headed down the stretch here on this Friday. Don't forget, you can get locked in with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas coming up at uh, 2 p.m. right here on the ref. Getting ready for the weekend, getting ready for the big game tonight, 8.30 ESPN2. Can the Sooners get it done again after upsetting Baylor last night, 72-67? Can the Sooners take down the Red Raiders? We shall see. The other semifinal, Kansas TCU starts at 6. Sooners will tip around 8.30 tonight. And again, that game will be on ESPN2. So, uh, are you headed to Houston, uh, like, right after you're off the air? Yeah, as soon as we get off, I'm going to get on the road. And Hawaiian Brothers uh, ETA would be what? Well, let's see. Denton is where the Hawaiian Brothers is at. 6 p.m. I would say 5.30. Okay. Depends on construction, as it always does when you're going south on I-35. True. Very true. But, yeah, I would imagine 5.36, somewhere in that neighborhood. And Cooper Farms an hour and a half later, perhaps. You're very excited about this road trip. I, I can tell, tell you what, oh, that trip down to Houston, man. Road trips, especially are, when you go through Dallas, they're all about the stops along the way, right? Yes, that indeed. determines the quality of the road trip. Now, the ultimate destination also means, you know, like if you're going to Augusta or something, then that's, that's what it's all about. But are you a Bucky's guy? 
I I've I don't know if I've ever understood the hype for Bucky's or any of those massive yeah. gas station like convenience store type of things. Like, you know, in Florida it's the busy bee. Mm-hmm. That's that's Florida's answer to Bucky's. And I don't know, it's just to to me, like I stop at those places to get gas. That's about it. Get gas. I'm a low snack. maintenance. And yeah, I, I'm low maintenance you. on road trips. I don't even really require a snack. Most you don't of the need time. a department store in a convenience store necessarily, do you? I mean, I, a no. lot of people rave about Bucky's though. It's like everybody is partial to a certain convenience store. It seems. Quick trip. Seven. I mean, quick trip I versus quick, 7-Eleven. Quick, quick trip, trip is a way of life in Oklahoma. Yeah, Up in is. Nebraska, it's just another gas station. Mm-hmm. See, I grew up on 7-Eleven, man. I would ride my bike to 7-Eleven, get an icy drink, pack a baseball card, some candy, and I'm good to go. I mean, you get that sugar stick and the – you just – what you didn't want is the the sugary bubblegum rectangle, you know, sticking to like a Rod Carew card that you don't have. Uh That's what you didn't need. But I tell you what, when I was younger, it used to be – this is circa 2008, 2009 – I would go to Target, right? And if you walked into Target, by the checkout counters, there would be a little display with all of the sports cards, mm-hmm. right? And I remember, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I did this at Target. I would walk in, and I would have however much money I had to spend. It was used like 10 or 15 bucks. And you could get these enormous packs of old cards, football or baseball, whatever the case may be, they came in packs of, I want to say, 75, or maybe it was two packs of 75 that made 150. Regardless, these massive packs of old cards that you could buy for four bucks a pop. So I would clear them out because you never knew what you were going to get. Sometimes you would get a card, say, like, who's a who's a prominent NFL star of the 1990s? You get, you get a Jerry Rice card mm-hmm. every now and again. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I pulled some pretty valuable cards out of those big packs. It used to be a big thing, man, as when I was a kid, to go get a pack of cards, a couple packs. If you could get, like, five packs, you thought, man, this is yep. going to be the greatest thing of all time. And you would be so excited to open those packs to see which players were in there. Nowadays, it ain't nothing but non-fungible tokens and stuff like that. Baseball cards were fungible back in. They weren't non-fungible. <laughs> they were very you could hold on to them. They were fungible. No, I tell you what, that those those were the days. Yeah, I I think my favorite card that I own is of course when Adrian Peterson got drafted by the Vikings in 2007. I went out and I just got a whole bunch of packs, and I ended up with like three or four Adrian Peterson rookie cards. Mm-hmm. I figured, you know what, these will be worth something someday. I was the idiot kid who didn't save any cards. My brother has a great oh, really? card collection, a big time card collection. Got, I'm what, the I, idiot who drew mustaches on mine and all this, all that kind of stuff. I got a thousand plus in my closet at home. There you go. That'll be worth some money. Hang on to them. All right, we are going to get locked in with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas coming up next. Get out to Riverwind tonight. Be there for the drawing, six o'clock to eleven thirty. Eighty thousand dollars in courtside cash. How much do you want? Get out there and claim it. Riverwind, simply the best. Have a great Friday. We'll see you.